Hi friends, this is Will Dyer, the pastor here at the First Baptist Church of Augusta. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the message that you are about to hear will give you some joy in your day. But more than that, I hope that this message will connect you to Jesus. The mission of our church is to connect people to Jesus Christ in a community of faith. And it is my greatest hope that the message you are about to hear will better connect you with Jesus and His way in the world. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, here we are, just two days after Christmas. Gifts have most likely been exchanged, Hopefully, the ones shipped have been received. Packages have been opened, played with, perhaps returned. But most of all, these gifts have been enjoyed, appreciated. The givers have smiles on their faces and have seen the joy of those who have received. The recipients are grateful for the wonderful thoughtfulness of others. There is certainly much that I love about Christmas. The sights, the sounds, the smells, the good food, music, lights. But I must confess that watching my own two daughters open their gifts on Christmas morning is perhaps one of my favorite things about this season. It is certainly a a highlight of the Christmas holiday. This year, my daughters, who are five and ten, have really gotten into the spirit of making and creating gifts. They made things for me, for their dad, grandparents, friends, teachers, and others. They poured time, creativity, energy, personal attention, and great effort into designing each and every gift just for the one who would receive it. These treasured creations were wrapped and placed under the tree with every other store-bought gift. More than anything else, I think they were most excited to share these homemade gifts on Christmas morning. Often, when we reflect on our Christian lives through the lens of what God has done for us, we spend time remembering what has been given to us by God the many blessings in our lives, sacrifices made, the peace and hope that we experience. 
Christmas is just the same way. We reflect on the gift of Jesus, this tiny baby born in a stable in Bethlehem. Our Savior, Christ the Lord, who later gives his own life so that we may live. What a wonderful gift this is for each of us. However, even in the midst of this season, focused on this tiny baby boy sent to save the world, we should also take time to consider what gifts we have to give. As followers of Christ, we have been called to give of ourselves, both giving back to God and giving to one another. Since God has given so much to us and for us, has called us, chosen us, we too are called to give of ourselves, to transform our lives. The book of Colossians that our passage today is taken from is a letter written by Paul when he was in prison. Paul was writing to the church at Colossae. Each of Paul's letters are written to illustrate what it means to embody a Christian lifestyle. As Paul is writing to this early church, he's also writing to some of the very first Christians. He's seeking to help them understand what it truly means to follow Jesus. In this book, he's seeking to point out ways in which they might have misstepped. What old ways of thinking need to be purged, this new image that needs to be born so that they can begin to live in Christ, in a walk that is worthy of the Lord. At the beginning of chapter 3, just before the passage that we read for today, Paul has pointed out many of these missteps the people have taken. They have acted out of anger, wrath, greed, used unkind words, among other wrongdoings that Paul reprimands them for. Then, as we move into verse 12, the tone begins to shift from scolding to compassion and encouragement as Paul sets out to direct their eyes forward to transformation in Christ. One commentator put it this way, the basic purpose of Colossians is to keep the church from adopting harmful practices and to correct those who were considering taking them up. The pattern of this passage reminds me of an adult who is disciplining a child the act of discipline is done out of love to correct and guide the child. First, scolding to point out the incorrect action that has been taken. Then there must be corrective action taken, some form of redirection or perhaps disciplinary action. It is possible, if not likely, that the child has been told before that this particular action is not appropriate. This time of discipline is used as an opportunity to teach the child, although it is often a difficult lesson to learn, that the action taken is unacceptable behavior. We as parents, grandparents, guardians, teachers, and caregivers 
offer this as an act of love. Often when correcting or scolding or redirecting, even punishing, we remind the child of our care and love for them. These are the reasons that we're taking such actions. We remind them of the wrongdoing that has been done and help them to understand how they should have acted otherwise. What the correct choices or behaviors would have been given the current situation. Paul is taking a similar approach in his letter to the Colossians. Children are always learning, making mistakes, and growing, just as these early Christians whom Paul is addressing are continuing to learn what it means to be Christ followers. Each needs guidance and direction to make the best decisions going forward. In this section of Colossians, verses 12 through 17, Paul is outlining the ways in which believers should live as a community with one another. It has already been established that these Christians, in fact, all believers, are called to become something new and different. Now in verse 12, Paul is beginning to define what this identity requires of those who receive it. He's beginning to share what it is that we must give. With my musical background, there are certainly a lot of Christmas songs that I enjoy singing and listening to during this time of year. In the Bleak Midwinter is a song that I was introduced to while I was in high school and has since become a song that I enjoy hearing and singing each Christmas season. The text of this song actually came from a poem written by Christina Rossetti. The final stanza offers a wonderful message about the power of a simple gift. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. What powerful words. Even when we have no other gift to give, we can give the gift of ourselves. The story and song told about the little drummer boy are very similar as well. This young boy arrives to worship Jesus, who has just been born. He arrives alongside the Magi, bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These lavish gifts, yet this small boy has nothing to offer. He only has a drum, so he does all that he knows to do, and he offers the gift of song. He offers the gift of himself. What more can he give? Baby Yesu, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring that's fit to give a king. Shall I play for you? on my drum. Both of these are examples of followers, giving of themselves, giving their all, giving as an act of worship, just as this passage in Colossians is instructing each of us to do. 
There are several virtues and characteristics outlined in this first verse. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. A translation by biblical scholar N.T. Wright lists these as tender-hearted, kind, humble, meek, and ready to put up with anything. The readers, both in biblical times as well as those of us reading today, are called to take steps toward becoming more Christ-like. While verse 12 sets aside attitudes that should be adopted by the reader, verse 13 begins to translate those attitudes into concrete behaviors that should be played out within the church. I would like for us to take a look at three specific gifts we are called to give as we consider our own lives today, as we seek to live as Christ followers. Consider these gifts that we can bring to our community, gifts both for our church community and our larger community, whether that be work, school, your life, your family, neighbors, whatever it is that you consider to be your community right now. The first of these is forgiveness. Looking again at verse 13, bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Forgiveness is certainly a common theme when we discuss Christian living, but I think we can all agree that it is much harder to actually act upon that than we would like to admit. There are certainly occasions or individuals that are easier to forgive than others. I know when my girls come to me after doing something wrong and say, Mommy, will you please forgive us? It is definitely an easy act to do because of my deep love for them. But when someone has truly wronged us, really done something hurtful, admit it, it is not easy to forgive. And what about the occasions when you know that someone has done something intentional, something that they did to anger or upset you on purpose, wronged you in some way knowingly? Those are most certainly times that are difficult to forgive. As I mentioned before, this act of forgiving is following in the footsteps of Jesus, seeking to be more Christ-like within our own community. The word used here in this passage is in the present tense, forgive. Another way to translate this is to put up with one another, which suggests that this is a continual action. Forgiveness is not a one-time deal. Like other Pauline churches and even churches today, there are a large mix of people within the group, 
whatever personal differences exist between the members, we all share a common identity in Christ. We are all part of God's chosen and beloved. Forgiveness is an act that we learn from Christ. There were many in scripture who wronged Jesus throughout his ministry. He provides a wonderful example of how we should treat others with humility. Just as God has forgiven us of our transgressions, we too must forgive those who have wronged us. We as believers must forgive one another in response to and in imitation of the forgiveness that we have received. The second gift is love. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love binds all together. The second gift goes well beyond just putting up with one another. Love is the virtue that encompasses the very basics of what it means to be a Christ follower. Christianity is built on God's love for us. Love enables all other gifts to be given and to be received. According to Colossians, nothing can top love. Love ties everything together and makes it complete. Think of love like the superglue and the church community. Here, Paul is calling each of us to mirror God's love as we interact with one another. Just as Christ has loved us and given much for us, so we too love each other and give for one another. If we are only acting out of desire for our own selves, we will never truly be a reflection of Christ's likeness. The final gift is the peace of Christ. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. Here, Paul reminds us that God has brought us to a kingdom of peace. The call to let the peace of Christ rule sounds more like a grace to be received than a value to be promoted, because this peace is not something that is to be accomplished, but is something instead to be received. We aren't just to stop at letting this peace be present within us, but we must allow this peace to reign fully within our hearts. Only then will we truly be able to share this peace with others. Yet again, this is not easy to do. Have you ever really tried to let, let Christ's peace be the reality around which you order your life? This takes serious prayer and real intentional effort. You may recall at the beginning of December when we as a church were focusing on the Sundays of Advent, Will preached a sermon specifically on the meaning of peace. 
At the end of that sermon, he offered a challenge to each one of us to be peace within our own community that week. What a gift and blessing that was to those whom our lives touched that week. Imagine how transformative it might be if we continue to share this peace with others in our weekly, even daily lives. These three gifts, forgiveness, love, the peace of Christ, although challenging gifts to give, are crucial gifts for us to give as followers of Christ. These are clothes you must put on then since God has chosen you, made you holy, and lavished his love upon you. The God who created the universe loves us. Just as the shepherds and magi came to worship this newborn baby, offering their most precious gifts, what can I give him? Poor as I am. We have an opportunity to offer all we have to transform our very selves into true Christ followers. When we consider all that we have been given, this truly isn't that, mu that much. Perhaps the greatest challenge of all comes in the wholeness of this request. This is not a list that we can pick and choose from. It's not a restaurant menu where you can customize a special order. God does not ask us just to forgive, but not love, or just to share the peace of Christ, but not forgive. We must be a body of believers who offer all, every single one of these gifts. Have you ever experienced a group of believers who simply swapped one misstep for another? You know the type. Everything appears rosy on the outside, but it isn't quite as pretty on the inside. Paul's list of behavior patterns these gifts we share with one another form an overlapping sequence. They work together to create a whole. We can't simply glance at them and say, oh, Paul is saying we should be nice to each other, which we should, but being nice is only the start. Take a moment here to consider these gifts forgiveness, love, the peace of Christ, which one of these might you offer to your community this week? Whether it be our church community or another community within your own life. Now, if I'm being completely honest, this is the type of church community that I would want to be a part of one full of people seeking to follow Jesus, people offering genuine forgiveness for those who have done wrong, placing love at the center to bind everything together, 
and sharing the peace of Christ with everyone that they encounter. What an amazing picture of the kingdom of God. Each of us seeking to be more like Christ each and every day. When we as individuals take these actions, our church community will in turn be the living gospel here in our larger community. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, for the gifts that you have given, we are deeply thankful. God, now guide us as we seek to discover what gifts we may share with one another, with our church community, and this community in which we live. God, guide us and direct us. Thank you for the many blessings that we have. Thank you for making us Christ followers. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.